What's up, everyone? This is Alexis Gallardo. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. Today, we have another special guest in the building, or should I say in her building, <laughs> Melissa Sacco. She's a Long Island and New York City-based interior designer celebrating 13 years in the business in November. Girl, what? Yes, girlfriend. <laughs> or as her Instagram bio likes to say, she's a lifelong designer creating custom interiors that are elegant, unpretentious, and 100% unique. You guessed it. Melissa Sacco. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. So first off, congrats on celebrating 13 years in the business. Thank you. That is Thank incredible. You. How does you. it feel to be 13 years in? It feels great. Yeah. It feels awesome. It's um, a huge accomplishment, especially with all the changes in the world that I've experienced over the course of 13 years but as a business owner we've got to pivot mm -hmm. and just adjust to whatever changes are needed how was the industry when you first got into it well how like what do you remember the year when you first got 2010 into it? Oh 2010 my, my daughter was three months old oh my god don't ask what oh i was thinking god. started a business <laughs> as a new mom yeah yeah. There must have been, been such a big revolution with interior design since then. Yeah, yeah it definitely right. was. I mean, there was definitely um, a lot of technology back then, but nowhere near like where we're at right yeah. now. And people didn't have access to so many product and, and stuff online. Yeah. So the yeah. industry was very different. I think people respected that one-on-one -on -one personal service Mm. more back then than they do now because mm. it's just everything is at your fingertips right right so you've got to really work hard as a designer today to you know provide people with more mm. an experience and a certain you know even more service than ever yeah um yeah. so yeah that's so interesting yeah is the design is interior design do you in your opinion do you think it's functionality versus aesthetics or is it aesthetics first like what are your functionality first Ooh. Yeah. oh in interesting <laughs> i feel like someone like myself that doesn't know anything about interior design i would think it's aesthetics because it's i'm like oh looking at all the pinterest stuff like i feel like it's aesthetically pleasing but you're saying functionality functionality yeah. is always first i mean you want the client to feel comfortable in their home um but the way they feel comfortable is making sure that the layout works for their their family and their lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. um, scale is very important and space planning. Yeah. Um, and then naturally making it look beautiful mm -hmm. and stimulating the five senses is always Ooh, a big deal. That is really interesting. I yeah. actually never thought of it that way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. So take me back. Like, what inspired you to get into interior design? Like, was this always in the plans? Or did it fall on your lap? Like, how did that start? Um, it's a great question. I grew up in a very large family. I'm one of five kids, middle child. Yes, I have mm. middle child syndrome. Mm, okay. <laughs> we grew up in a very small home. Um, I shared a room with three other people, my three sisters, and then my brother, the prince of the family, um, <sighs> had his own room. And I think as a young kid, I always wanted, because we didn't have a large home, I would always kind of push my mom like to use the largest room in our home. Mm -hmm. We're an Italian family. Mm -hmm. The largest room in our home was like, don't touch, don't walk in that home right, type of right. thing, or that room, I should say. Right. 
And I would always kind of push her like, why are we not utilizing the biggest room in our home? It doesn't make sense. And I was always into construction. My dad um, worked three jobs. And when we needed a room to be redone, he would try to do it on his free time. So it would Mm. take forever. And I I would be the one out of the five kids to kind of be interested and want to help him. And I think my really pushed me to like go into this business is the fact that I truly truly have a passion to help people Mm. Um, and I think it's super important especially with what's going on in the world right now for people Mm. to feel comfortable in their home Mm. and when they get home from say work or a long day to walk through their front door and be able to just let their shoulders down and feel comfortable in their space Um, so I mean Really, my passion for helping people has kind of led me into this industry, for sure. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've actually never thought of it that way, like comfortability and just feeling safe in your home and functionality. That's so interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. Because you see, like, in these big, big houses, there's so many, like, empty rooms that aren't used and people don't really live in them. You know yes. what I mean? And so you're you're turning the space into something that's usable and that you can spend time in and feel at peace in. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like about I would say probably in the last ten to fifteen years, um, people really changed their um their perception on their home as far as like back years ago mm. people would have formal living rooms, formal dining rooms. Yeah. Today we are utilizing my goal is always to utilize every square inch of people's homes. You're making an investment. Mm. This is the space that you live in. You're paying a mortgage and taxes on your home. You should utilize it. Don't even get me started. <laughs> I used to be a real estate agent. So, like, housing prices, like, are astronomical here yeah. in Long Island. Taxes are crazy here. So, I can, yeah, I can definitely relate with that. That's, that's crazy. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So, and I was always interested. I always had like an interest in seeing a space come together and Mm -hmm. like seeing what its fullest potential could be and like the challenge was always like how do we get to that point right right you know and that's I love I'm always up for a good challenge yeah always oh my gosh that's awesome (laughs) so you helped in in that aspect and then when did you start growing your own business like when did it go from that to (laughs) having your own business so I I worked in a carpet store many years ago um just as like a part-time working in the office doing administrative work work Mm. and I kind of got bored behind the desk and I would just follow Mm. my boss around and I just loved the interaction Mm. with clients and being able to help them right they were struggling they had an a you know, they had a challenge. Right. What, what carpet am I picking out? What paint color? Mm. And I met this amazing um, designer in the showroom. I worked with her a lot. And she kind of was like, what are you doing? Like, you've mm. got, like, natural talent here. And I was like, really? Mm. And so at the time, I was getting my liberal arts degree. And then I went and I applied for a really amazing school that is really known it's an accredited architectural school had no idea what I was getting myself into I just thought it was going to be like pick some paint colors and fabrics Mm. and it was a huge shock to me like what the school was about yeah (laughs) and um I went to school and then while I was a student and working at the carpet store I got offered an internship for a huge builder on Long Island Mm. and I did really great there I learned a lot and then before I got my degree um, 
I was offered a full-time interior design position. Mm. And that is where I learned so much. I built, I helped homeowners, 25 homeowners in 10 months. Oh my God. With selecting all of their hard surfaces. And then unfortunately the market crashed and I was laid off. And the cabinet supplier for all of the, for the builder, for all of his homes, found out that they were laying me off and immediately Mm. offered me a position. Mm. And from there, I just, you know, I, I'm going to be completely transparent right now. I jumped from job to job Mm. because in my mind, I'm like, as an interior designer, there is so much that you need to know. I mean, there's lighting design, furniture, there's space planning. So my dad old school Italian guy like why are you why do you keep leaving jobs like you don't do that right you know that's not Mm. that doesn't fly with my parents Mm. you stick it out you you know you stay at a job unless you get it until you get a new job and I just jumped from job to job and had so many amazing opportunities at such a young age um, I learned so much and then finally I had to make the decision mm. you know I started getting some side work and I couldn't manage going to a full-time job and attending to my clients right. so I oh took the plunge yeah and I started my business and I looking back to what I know now back then I really just I knew a lot because I worked for that builder and I, right. I learned by making a lot of mistakes on the mm. job site, my boss literally just threw me into the wolves and was oh, like, it's all you, yeah. you know? And oh, so- it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, but I but I learned it's, it's an opportunity that most people don't get. And mm. I would say I was probably, because of that one job, I probably was 10 years ahead mm. of people in my industry because of the amount that I learned in such a short time. Wow. And yeah. Based off the experiences that that you've had, you're like 10 years ahead of everyone else. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So what were like some of your biggest challenges going into this space, being thrown into this space? What were some of my job? Yeah. Well, the first thing was I was very young. Mm. And how old were you at the time? I was 20. It was about 20, 21. Oh my God, you were young. You were yeah. baby. Yeah, and um, yeah, I was wow. young. And people were spending back then uh, close to a million dollars on a home before they even upgraded their finishes. It was a builder. So oh we had gosh, a design yeah. center right. where it was my job to set up their design appointments to make sure that we've selected their kitchen cabinetry, appliances, yeah or their tile and they would kind of look at me when they walked in and it was almost like how could you be helping me right now like you're super young like what right what knowledge could you possibly have at such a young age and I really didn't know much (laughs) I did and I didn't what I did know is how to talk to people Mm. and how to help people right and I naturally I, I was born with you know a creative mind and mm. I knew how things worked mm. together as far as color schemes and things like that the rest I learned as I went that's so interesting totally transparency right Do you, that's that's amazing <laughs> do you think someone has to be naturally creative to be able to be successful in this industry that's like 
a few percent. <laughs> yeah? Oh. Yeah. You There's so much more to what we do than just being able to pull color schemes and right. finishes together. There's yeah. just so much more. Right. Um, really understanding people and being able to... It, there's a lot of psych- psychology involved. Mm. Really getting to know my clients. So I was... You know, I, I feel as though I was born with a gift yeah. of just understanding people very yeah. quickly yeah and really understanding what their needs are um and how i can you know design so that they feel comfortable in yeah. home. so there's a lot more that goes into it Absolutely. as far as you know to go back to the question yeah. you know getting to know or understanding people their lifestyle um mm. their family life the other thing is there's a whole nother aspect to what I do every day which is the business end of it Mm. right there's so much behind the scenes there's so many challenges every day Mm. um which keeps me so motivated yeah yeah. (laughs) there's challenges behind the scenes there's a ton of coordinating coordinating trades um understanding as a designer like what needs to happen before this can happen yeah and tons of hurdles um but yeah and and then you know the space planning and knowing the proportion of things and the right. scale right. is tremendous. So you mm. could be amazing at putting fabrics together, but if you don't understand scale, proportion, mm. you know, um, it's just, it's totally irrelevant. Right, right. You know? What do you think are some of the biggest challenges you face in the design process? Like if you had to name like top three. Design process? Yeah, or, or just like, or with clients or with anything really like relating to what you do well speaking for today currently um definitely product not being available so Mm. if i put a presentation together for you and you're like okay it's a go Mm. and now we are going to place your orders the product availability changes could be minutes hours so now i've got to go back to the client and explain to them like hey listen that sofa you wanted that we told you was eight weeks is either dis. i either have to you know it could be discontinued or maybe the fabric is on back order so now the eight weeks is now 12 or 24 weeks we've had things take you know that's a huge challenge wow um the other challenge is um really coordinating coordinating mm. all of the trades so mm. i am really keen on helping the client understand before we get started that we like to have your product all of your products so let's just say mm. for argument's sake it's a bathroom reno mm-hmm. we want to be sure that all of your material is ordered and on site prior to demoing your bathroom mm. so that is a challenge in itself and then once we are ready to get started making sure that all of the trades so we've got we as designers are responsible for coordinating so many people and it kind of mm. always falls back on us oh like God. what do you mean the paper installer can't come right. well if the paper installer can't come for another three weeks then our railings can't get up go up and if our railings aren't up it's it's a safety hazard we can't you know and wow. it just it just so there's a lot of people working behind the scenes with with this it's not just you so how many people are working behind the scenes as well 
Besides, I mean, so I have a team of my own, which yeah. uh, there are, including myself, there are four of us in my office. Oh, wow. And then we've got general contractors, yeah. we've got electricians, plumbers. Oh my god. There's paper hangers, painters. Oh my god. Full I painters. I mean, there's so you know, many it people. and depending on the nature of the project, you know, custom cabinet makers. Right. There are pe- carpenters that are just there to do, let's say, uh, crown molding. Right. So wow. there's so many people that we have to rely on and we really try our hardest every day to make sure that the communication is always open and if one little change happens and this is something that clients don't understand Mm. it's like to them it's like what's the big deal I'm just changing you know I I decided that I wanted to move this from here to there but what they don't realize Mm. is it affects so many things behind the wall it could affect something behind the wall that they're not aware of and now we've got to go out to the trades immediately like hey listen I know you were supposed to install that faucet today but the client just decided that they want you know I don't else yeah it's oh my that is huge so I would say um as crazy as this is gonna sound I would say that we design 20% of the time. The rest of the time, it's business and management. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I would say my th- the third biggest challenge in my industry at the moment is um, quality control. Mm, oh, my. Okay. Yeah, quality control. Mm. Another area of my business where we're depending on so many people, right? Yeah. So we... We order a custom sofa or a table from right. a manufacturer. It could be somewhere somewhere down south or out west or out of the country. Oh my and goodness. so now, you know, I think since COVID, unfortunately, I think that people are still short-staffed. I yeah. think people are inundated still on some level. And so the quality control naturally has gone down. And then mm. it's your piece of furniture is being handled so many times before it gets to the end user who is the client, the client yep. and then you know shipping company you have to rely on a shipping company that they're gonna handle it with care and then it goes to our warehouse oh, and then from our warehouse it's going into your home how do you find the people like the contractors and the builders and like how do you find people that you can trust like is that a is that are, are they already there? Do you have to go I, out and look? For by them? the way, I love that you asked that question yeah. because it is so important for clients to understand that is such a big part of why it's super important to have an interior designer. Yeah. Because we, it has taken me years, many oh years, God. not months, yeah, I years. It. I believe it. To put together a team of people, and we don't have one contractor that we work with naturally mm. because I, you know, right. there there's a contractor, you know, um, we we place the the proper contractor on the job based on the location, based on the style of the project, right. the scope of the project. Right. Um, so, building relationships with the trades is huge that's mm. a even bigger yep. part of what we do yeah. so i've yeah. now done all of the work mm. so that when my client is ready to hire me they know that i'm only going to have the best people in right. their home that are going to be professional right. that are going to understand that are going to communicate that understand that the communication is key yeah um and then you know that's I mean that's huge that's so I'm relatable. so happy you said that yeah because I can totally relate with that because when I was a real estate agent you know people come to realtors 
they also don't realize we have access to brokers, we have access to mortgage people, to lawyers, to inspectors. Like, we are that one-stop shop. Like, you don't have to yeah. look for those people. We have trusted individuals that can help you. Yeah. Like, that's why you hire us, you know? And so another gift I think I was born with is being a matchmaker. Yay. Like, I know the right, <laughs> I know the right person for every client. I love Depending that. on their style, depending yeah. on their personalities. Oh, my god! Because to me, you know, it's super important as a designer to make a beautiful home for somebody. Right. But the experience on how to do it is what's happening right now. <laughs> Mia, are you excited? <laughs> oh, All right. They're enjoying this yeah. conversation. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I can't. Matchmaker. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, like, understanding the client mm-hmm. and, like, it may just be something as simple as, you know, this client seems to be really, um, you know, it might be something that ugh, I'm just trying to think of something specific. Like, it may be a specific style. Yeah. So, if the client really loves more of a modern look, I... I have someone that I know will be mm. in line. They have the same vision as you, and right. they're they're so experienced in that particular style. Mm. Um, or someone who really specializes in kitchen and baths. Mm. I'm not going to send them a contractor who wants to do a full home build. Yeah, you know, I'm going to send them somebody that I know that's, you know, a professional that's specializes specifically in kitchen and bath that's so interesting so it's really understanding the client and knowing the contractor really well or any trade right and knowing who's going to be the best person for for your project right so that in itself is a huge reason why people need to hire an interior designer <laughs> when is your birthday what's your song? september 18th you virgo oh no wait, yes i'm not a virgo i'm a cancer but i love virgos <laughs> virgos are the best yeah they, i mean i feel like they make great leaders too like you know like yeah i i, I saw this meme once on instagram there was like virgos they they like portray themselves as perfect but inside they 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 they're always like nitpicking themselves right? yeah I think, yeah yeah <laughs> the tea yeah <laughs> right? we're perfectionists yeah hence yeah. why i guess i'm successful at what i do yeah no 100 percent. so when you're going into a home what do you think is like the most challenging room to uh design is it kitchen is it bathroom is it dining room is it a bedroom I would say a kitchen. Mm. Um, kitchens because it's really the heart of every home. Mm. And yep. every client that I meet with has clearly a different lifestyle and different mm. needs. So we always start out with what is your wish list items? Like, mm. why are you doing this? Naturally, we're redoing a room in our home because we want like an updated look. Mm. But we really go, like hone in on like what works for you currently what Mm. doesn't work for you and then we stay laser focused on the wish list items like what do you want to achieve by doing this interesting because you know you could be working like i've worked with clients where they've had like a galley kitchen let's just say one Mm. client in particular galley kitchen super Mm -hmm. tight space Mm -hmm. nowhere to really prep food and things like that so how do i lay out this space and make it more functional all while still being right we want it to look beautiful but we want it to function and then really touch on all of the clients wish list items mm, interesting what are some of the items that they could re- like request for like 
Um, pitching, let's just say. Typically, I would say on average, the top three things are always more counter space, yep. um, more storage, yep. and a place to hide small appliances oh. seems to be a huge thing. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. Like I don't want anything on my <laughs> counters. Naturally, if I if we're dealing with a smaller space, and they've got a toaster, or now everyone has an air fryer, yeah. we don't want to say we don't want to see this day to day, or yeah. you know that sort of thing. Or if it's maybe a small appliance that they don't use often, but right. they don't, you know, they don't want it out on their counter. Right. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. So like, give me like a quick rundown of the process. Like when you're meeting a client for the first time, like what are some of the questions you're asking? What do those conversations look like? Or what kind of questions do they have for you? Stuff like that. So um, so we start out with, they fill out an inquiry on my website, mm. and then we get on a call. Um, the call really is just to kind of get a feel, a sense of like, right. you know, what is it, what, what is it that you're calling me for? You know, right. what the general scope of the project is. Mm -hmm. And then we, we set up a consultation where I meet in the client's home. And some of the questions I ask, well, I have, I, I kind of have a little witchy side to me, and I just. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. I do. I feel energy, and I, I, I hope I don't freak anybody out that's, that, that listens to this, but I'm just being completely that's transparent. Gold. That's gold. <laughs> I walk into someone's home, and I have the ability naturally to just sense people's energy and. Yeah. I can kind of look at a space and just kind of sense like, wow, this person really needs some organization. Like, mm -hmm. we need to get some more cabinetry. Right, right. Yeah. No, you're funny. You're oh my funny. gosh. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. <laughs> um, so I really get to know the client um, by asking tons of questions about their lifestyle. Like, mm. you know, do you have a family? Do you have grandkids? Like, mm. do your kids play sports? Do you entertain? How are you going to utilize this kitchen? Do you really cook? I've, I have clients who have told me the first day on the phone before we even met, just so you know, the extent of our cooking is boiling a pot of water for pasta. <laughs> you know, like, but then I have clients who are like not legitimate chefs, but they cook daily and they yeah. really want to make the best of their space. Right. So really just asking you know, some personal questions, obviously, getting to know them, their mm -hmm. lifestyles. Um, I know this is like sometimes a tough question to ask people right yeah. off the bat. Um, sometimes I can figure it out without asking. Mm -hmm. Like, what is your, like, what do you, what is your profession? Mm -hmm. Because right. yeah, it is sense. crazy. And this might be a whole nother topic to talk on another podcast, mm -hmm. but it is crazy to me, like, over the course of 13 years, yeah. how... I work with a lot of professionals like doctors, lawyers, and how I can design for a doctor now with my eyes closed because it's so consistent on what they like and don't like. No well, think about it. If you're a doctor, you're in a sterile environment. Yeah. So their homes tend to, they tend to lean more towards more glitzy, mm. more color. Right. Yeah. That's so true. Oh, that's really interesting yeah so and then you know it yeah oh, so, so true. I've never thought of it that way. yeah, yeah. Oh so God. and for me as a designer I mean it's all kind of relative because as a designer I see color pattern materials all day long yeah. I like my home to be all whites and neutral natural colors because right, when right. I come home after being stimulated with color and fabric right. 
right. when I come home, I just, I wanted to just be zen and yeah. like quiet, That's you know? So interesting. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Wow. So do you see a common trend with um, like what professions prefer, like what styles fit certain professions, if that makes sense? So like for doctors, you're saying it's more color and stuff. Like, do you see a, a pattern with other pro professions like entrepreneurs or, or um, lawyers or like artists or... Um, that's a great question. Uh, I feel like people who are um, more creative and just love um, older, you know, older things like antiques and things like that, um, mm. like to mix more styles together. They're more, mm. they appreciate mm. more of the older things bringing them in with newer things. But yeah. I would say overall, most of my clients come to me for a timeless, just timeless mm. look where it's not one specific style. Right. Timeless meaning that we can look at this room in 10 years from now and it yeah. still be relative. Right. So you don't walk into a space and that's, you know, that's an art in itself. Yeah. As a designer to be able to create that look right. where you're kind of it's not one specific style and it's more about making a space look collected yeah where without it being so you know i hate to use the word it's not eclectic eclectic yeah. is like a lot of stuff heavy yeah. you know just yeah. more collected so yeah. like really honing in on like what objects or patterns prints really um the client is drawn to and what yeah. really speaks to them and then being able to kind of put it all together yeah what do you think are some examples of timeless pieces because I feel like that's a favorable thing like a lot of people kind of desire that I feel like I, I know I do timeless um I would say the um you know if you're talking about furniture or case goods really just more cleaner lines yeah. um and detail to a certain extent Mm. Like you're mm. not gonna, you yeah. know, um, like staying away from trends, really. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just little pops of something maybe that is trending currently, but that might be in like a pattern on a pillow that you can easily change out in five or seven years when right. your taste change, right. and the room is still gonna be relative. Right. Actually, it's funny. I was just at my parents yesterday. We go there for Sunday dinner, and I went into my childhood bathroom on the second floor and I was looking around and I was like, I designed this room while I was a student and it's still, I almost want to photograph it because I'm yeah. like, it still looks like relative. Yeah. Like it doesn't look like I did it that long ago. Right. You know, that was back in 2000, early 2000s. Wow. I designed that bathroom. Wow, um, that's so Yeah, it's crazy. I actually, was leaving for a trip to London when the contractors were at, were at my parents' house helping. Mm. And um, I, drew, I did a sketch on a paper plate. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the contractor <laughs> happened to be like, he saw he saw my drawing table out because I, yeah. I was still a student and I had my drawing table set up in a room upstairs off the bathroom and I had these beautiful drawings on there. And he goes... Yeah you do these beautiful drawings and you're giving me a drawing on a paper plate I'm yeah. like I'm sorry but it all came together <laughs> it all came that. together but I was just wow. in that bathroom yesterday and I'm thinking to myself wow 
Right. This is still, you know, you're talking 20 years ago. Yeah. And it still is relative. Right. Where do you see the trends going these days now that we're talking about trends? Like, what are some things that people are looking for or asking for? You know, like um, upgrades, trends. Um, um, the thing that most people ask for, I guess. Definitely incorporating fireplaces into mm-hmm. rooms, like master bedrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, fireplaces definitely add a ton of warmth. Yeah. Um, like real fire? Because I know there's like electric ones. There's ones just for aesthetics. or do you Mostly like... gas. Gotcha. Mostly yeah. gas fireplaces. Yeah. Um and I would say um, more like built-in appliances that have more than one function. Mm. Because if you're limited on space and you're trying to maintain as much counter space as you, as you can, yeah. um, having appliances in your kitchen that aren't just, let's say, like a, an oven. It, yeah. There are steam ovens now that yeah. do so many different things. Yeah. Um, but trending as far as like... Um, Where do you see them going, the trends now? What do you think? A lot moodier. Like, there was a whole, <laughs> a whole like, I don't know how many years of this whole gray and white, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which to me is sterile. Um, you can introduce gray into your home and still be warm and inviting if mm-hmm. you have you know, a designer that can put it all together for you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, I but that. I think more like the moodier, like deeper tones, mm-hmm. the jewel tones mixed with, and I love, and I've always loved this. This is not really a trend to me. This is something that I keep in mind when designing any room in anyone's home for the last however many years, like introducing many different materials into one space because that's what brings warmth like even looking around this room now there's different wood tones the floor the table and the yeah different metals so I've have I have some golds in here I have bronze I have black and that's really what makes it timeless warm and inviting so um to go back to your question sorry I went off on a tangent darker moodier I think moodier is really the up and coming. They're actually, I just saw um, some, you know, um, behind the scenes of the recent High Point Market where that's a furniture market for interior designers in the trade. And there's a lot of dark chocolate browns and rust Mm. colors and Mm. just making it more dramatic and moody rather than this light bright airy right but i'm i'm big on incorporating that into a space without again being so specific and making it all about one one thing yeah so you're not always just you're not going to design a whole room that's trending currently and then in you know a year from now it's going to be you're going to be over it. Right. No, that you know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, like, so how's the competition in your industry? I'm, like, curious. Like, is there a lot of competition? Are you competing with a lot of different interior designers? Are homeowners meeting with multiple designers before? Homeowners should meet with multiple designers because I'm a true believer in not every professional is the right professional for you. Right. And you're not going to be the right client for every professional. Just like if you're going in for like a surgery, you're maybe going to get a second or a third opinion. It's kind of the same yeah, thing. Like yeah. you're leaning on a professional. You want to make sure that your styles align, your personalities align, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't feel, um, 
I don't ever feel like I'm in competition with anyone. I feel like we all have something that, you know, will draw the right client to us. Yeah. I don't feel that I compete with other designers. So you're really big on energy. Yeah, like, like so I great. feel like yeah. there's so many designers out there and there's so many clients that are in need of a designer that we all have we all specialize in something specific yeah. and you know again different personalities and different you know there may be a client that is just looking for a color consultation mm -hmm. you know that's not what i do mm -hmm. so if someone were to call me for a color consultation i'm happy to refer them to a colleague of mine that specializes in that right. and that's their wheelhouse and that's what they want to do mm. and I refer other designers work all the time mm. so I don't right. feel as though I'm competing right. there may be designers out there that feel that they're in competition I don't see it that way yeah do you think that's what separates a good designer from a great one is just having that kind of being able to read read people and read personalities or what, what's your opinion on that what do you think separates a good designer from a great one Someone who's a really good communicator. Um, someone that doesn't take offense when a client says no to something. Like, I don't get offensive. Yeah. I don't get offended. Yeah. It's just like, this is your home. You have to love it. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to explain to you, like, these are your options. This is These are some pros and cons of this versus that. Um, the business aspect of it is tremendous. So as a designer... Um, in our industry across the board, we challenges arise every day. Unforeseen issues come up every day in our industry. So if we're doing a renovation and we plan for this whole design in your bathroom and then we open up the walls and we see that what we've in fact designed can't be done. Right. It's about how you, we call the client. This is a huge motto in my office. Mm -hmm. We don't ever call the client with a problem. We call them with right. the solution mm -hmm. and we don't ever become part of the problem. Right. Oh, I love that so much. Right? Like, I'm going to call my client and say, hey, listen, this is what happened today. These are our options. Right. What would you like to do? Right. We can go this route, and it may take a couple more days, or we can go that route, the downside to this, the upside to that, and then communication, being able to resolve an, a, you know, a, a challenge or an issue that comes up um, without getting worked up about it yeah. like it's like yeah. it's not a big deal like to right. me it's a blessing to be able to do to be able to be on your project but for the client I feel like it's a blessing that they're they have the opportunity to do a renovation yeah and so let's just like come up with a solution and right. just do it right. and that's it and get it done I love that mentality that's the best that's the yeah. best because no one wants to feel stressed out about a project that they want to endure that they're excited about they don't want to be stressed out about yeah it. and just leading them through an experience right you know we have a process nailed down in in my on my team in my office and like we want them to experience they're spending a ton of money they're making you know a big investment making a lot of decisions um, in a lot of cases, their families are misplaced. Like they're either staying at a family member's house during construction or whatever. So at the end of the day, I want my clients to feel comfortable. Right. And I want them to feel confident in every decision that we make and, and them know that no matter what, like you've seen all of your options and like this is the best choice for you.
And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people in my industry forget. Like, mm. like if the client doesn't like something or if the client is upset, like you have to understand that they're making a tremendous investment and they're investing in you as their designer. Right. And like they should have an amazing, as amazing of an experience as possible. Right, right. Oh so those are, I think, a, a big part of what sets me aside from from other designers. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> ah, how long does a project take? Like, I know every customer is like different. Like, I would say on average, eight to 12 months. Wow. On average, on our projects, you know, we do a lot of reno renovations. So we really like to have everything designed. So we go through a whole process, right? We have like you know, space planning, which is getting, you know, whether it's, again, a living room or a kitchen, space planning is huge. Mm. Um, we have to make sure that we're all in agreement that this is the best layout and then that it's going to work, you know, um, from a construction standpoint. Right, right. And then um, and then we get into, like, designing and picking finishes and things like that. And then basically placing all of our orders and then waiting, you know, so it's a whole... It's a process. Yeah. And I always tell clients, like, there's an emotional timeline to what we do. It's like you get started and you're, like, overwhelmed and you're going to hire your professionals and you're right. interviewing interior designers and contractors. And then there's a part where the client gets super excited because they've found all of the trades and they've right. got their designer and now they're super excited. And now demo day comes and their house is being ripped apart. Yeah. And it's like, Mop. it's like a... Yeah. A continuous emotional timeline of like, and I tell clients that before we get started, like there's going to be times where you're probably going to be so done with us and want us out of your home, but it's totally cool. Like when we finally leave and you're living back and utilizing the spaces that we've designed for you, you're going to be so happy that it's, you're going to forget the days that you hated us and you wanted us out of your home. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What advice would you give to, um, people that want to break into the interior design uh, industry? Um, they're starting off brand new. What, what advice would you give to them? Um, that's a great question. Be confident. Um, really, do your work and try to get as much knowledge um, on every aspect of design. Yeah. Um, there's so much to know and really learn, um, you know, whether it's reading, you know, but do your research on, you know, um, do your research. I, I feel like there's so much psychology behind it. Yeah. Like how to really talk to people mm. and understand people. Like, mm. um, But I, I think the biggest thing is to be confident mm. because you can be an amazing designer. And if you come across to a client who's making an investment in their home as someone who doesn't have the knowledge or confidence, right. they'll walk all over you or you won't get the job. Oh, One or the other. Goodness. Either they'll yeah. take full advantage of you and or or and and the other thing is too like when you walk onto a job site and there's contractors and trades like if you don't know what you're talking about mm. you're gonna get walked all over right do you, you need to understand like what's happening right <laughs> do you think for someone that's new do you think they have to go through that phase 
in order to get better and to be a better designer? Do you think like there's ways around it where you don't have to not know and like, you know what I mean? Or you kind of have to go through that? Yeah. I mean, there's a ton of education behind work experience being on job sites and understanding how things come together and and then there has to be a respect for Mm. other trades Mm. like i'm not in competition with you we're a part of a team that's another thing Mm. like i overhear the way some trades have or designers have spoken to trades and i'm just like why Mm. like we're on a team right we're trying we're working together for the same reason ultimate goal is to complete the project Make it the best that we can make it and make the client happy. Right. Why are we why are we arguing? Right. That's such a good mentality to think of it as we're all a team. Yeah. Like we're all in the same team. I'm not in and, and just not to be intimidated. Right. If you don't know something, another piece of advice, like as a as a a baby designer, like if you're if you're looking to get started and you're on a job and you don't know something, mm-hmm. either go find it, go find the answer, or be okay with asking right hey i've never done this before i still do it mm. there are things and i'll tell a client i'm not an av person mm. i don't do audiovisual. Right, right you have a question pertaining to your tv let me find out and i'll get back to you right. or i'm gonna call a professional that this is their warehouse and yeah. i will set you up with them and we'll get the answers right. I think you know true don't try to be someone that you're not yeah. like just be who you are be honest and communicate right right that's true confidence at the end of the day. I feel like yeah. a person that's not confident won't ask those questions. They'll pretend to be confident. Like, oh, you know. And then you won't be respected on the right. job. Yeah. You know? Because people can yeah. sense that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. What do you think are some like common misconceptions about interior design that you hear from people? <laughs> common misconceptions. Ugh. That we just put fabrics together right (laughs) we do not do that yeah we I can assure everyone that that is like we're designing 20% of the time there is so much behind the scenes there's so much coordinating and ordering and you know if a problem arises and a piece comes in damaged we're doing that for you so that's one huge misconception that all we do is like fluff pillows and put fabrics together it's yeah. so not oh it so far from what we do right um and then the other misconception is oh this is a huge one this is huge 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 that because we're designers and we get trade pricing we should give that pricing to our clients and it's like, what? Why? This is a business. Right, right. Like, I don't, this is not a hobby for me. This right. is my career. This is like what I live and breathe every right. day. Like, right. and, you know, you wouldn't walk into, let's say, a restaurant or a retail store and ask the owner to give you, like, that shirt that you right. purchased. Would right. you ask the owner of a retail store, like, what did you pay for that? Like, right. I want to pay what you paid. Mm, no, never. That, as a business owner, we work really hard to build relationships right. and to, you know, we pay our bills on time and we build relationships that can take years to build up, you know, a rapport with a manufacturer of furniture. Right. I don't feel that my client is privy to 
know what I paid for something. Right, right. Like, I don't understand why. And, and unfortunately, there are designers out there that still disclose that information. That's and it's true. like, yeah. why? Well, yeah. Sometimes pricing isn't always tangible. Sometimes it's about the customer relation. It's, it's about problem solving. And it's stuff like that. It's yeah. The best thing. example I always think about, like, is when you go into a steakhouse, right? Yeah. You could go out. And you could buy a steak yourself from the supermarket or even your local butcher. You can put it on the stove and you could cook it yourself and it probably will cost you nothing, right? Right, right. You go to a steakhouse and you're paying easily $400 for dinner, maybe for two people, maybe more at this point. So to me, it's like, it's the ambiance. It's the service that the two of you are sitting down or maybe there's a a group of people sitting down and being catered on like you're like someone's coming over and taking your drink order and and then there's a chef who has prepared this steak for god only knows how long and now has cooked it to to your liking and has brought it to you at a table like there's a whole experience a service there's a chef like why do people not ask a restaurant owner like to give them the price of the steak like the price that they paid for the steak but they feel it's okay to ask me for the cost on a piece of furniture it's just like why like you're paying for a whole experience you're paying for expertise you're paying for a lot there's a lot yeah saves you time convenience all that yeah a hundred percent God, that's so good. This, this has been such an interesting conversation. I would have never known. Yeah, it's like living. There's a lot that people don't realize, yeah. unfortunately, about what we do. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. What advice would you give if you had to go back and talk to yourself when you first started in 2010? 2010. 2010. What advice would you give to 2010 Melissa as your future self? Wow. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. That's a tough question. Yeah, we're going deep, girl. <laughs> yeah, we are. Um, what? Wow. <laughs> I'm stumped right now. It's okay. What advice would I give to myself back then? Um, wow. To, to, it, w- it would have been okay to say no to to clients mm. like I just took I mean I just I just I was so hungry to learn and to work and to you know and I just you know I let people walk over me yeah. in the beginning and I kind of just was like yeah I'll do that yeah I'll do that mm. um but it's all good I feel like I try not to go back because it holds you back from going forward, right? right? But right. if I had to answer, like, learning how to, like, say no, like, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, this has been such an amazing conversation. Melissa. Yes, that was so much fun. You absolutely killed it. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Tell people how they can get in contact with you. Best way to contact me is my website, melissasacrointeriors.com. And you can um, hit the contact us tab at the top and fill out an inquiry so we can set up a discovery call or my Instagram page, which is Interiors. Hope to talk to you guys soon.